Hey, DJ Flook here from Stadium Scenes Main Event. Networking has become more important than ever, so why are you still carrying around paper business cards that end up lost or in the trash? Our friends at Link have created a solution to that problem by getting your contact info directly into that person's phone with a simple tap from your plastic business card, a bracelet, or even an Apple Watch band. When it's time to update your contact info, make the change in their easy-to-use networking app. For listeners of Stadium Scenes Made Event, you can save 15% by typing in promo code StadiumScene, that's all one word, at checkout. To learn more, visit linkapp.com. That's L I N Q A P P.com. Today's Stadium Scene Podcast is brought to you by. Hey guys, this is Jillian here at StadiumScene.com and StadiumScene.tv. We strive to help you find the best ways to get to and from the big game. Now we are joining forces with Lyft to make it even easier. For our listeners, enter the promo code StadiumScene with no space and get credit towards your first ride. So download the Lyft app at the iTunes or Google Play Store, enter StadiumScene with no space as your promo code, and get to the ball game. Do the responsible thing and get home safely with Lyft. Terms and conditions may apply. See more at Lyft.com. Live from a makeshift recording studio, somewhere in the middle of the desert, this is the Stadium Scene Podcast. With your hosts, DJ Flook. I suck at trivia and I suck at telling jokes. Kate Thompson. The Jackman, which is just the most awesome name. And Jillian Fisher. No, that was just because I'm crazy as hell. (laughs) You're listening to the Stadium Scene Podcast. Welcome to episode 22, also known as the episode where DJ doesn't talk of stadium scene. You heard that right. DJ isn't going to say a single word this episode because we disconnected his mic. However, the good news is it isn't just me talking. With me today, I have the stadium scene Eskimo in Boston, Jillian. Hello. And we have special guests, Lindsay and Whitney from Girls on the Sideline podcast. How is everyone? Hi. How is everyone today? We're doing I'm great. About, <laughs> I'm about to be snowed in in Boston. It's about to be too. I'm a little west of Boston, and we're about to have about two feet of snow tomorrow. So everyone be super jealous of me. <laughs> I'll wear my boots in like solidarity with you spirit i appreciate that i do yeah, <laughs> yeah we're we girls on the sideline are based in the southeast so we're we're keeping keeping warm down here for you where where are you guys based i was uh just living in atlanta for a year i am in atlanta no way oh my yes. gosh we we're so close yeah i'm in atlanta and Lindsay is in tampa so that oh, we're, 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 we're holding, down, <laughs> holding down the southeast yeah. tampa's amazing i loved it there so, the reason DJ's not on this episode is because we wanted to have a special podcast in honor of International Women's Day. Woo! I know! My favorite holiday. <laughs> not really. I really like Christmas and Halloween. You know, can't. <laughs> but I wanted to talk about how we all got our starts in such a male-dominated industry. So... What ignited everyone's interest in sports? I'll let you ladies take the lead on this. Yeah, so it's funny. It's um, it's something Whitney and I have, like, we've chatted about and tried to figure out kind of the root of it all. And um, I think for, I, I, I won't speak for you, Whitney, but for me, I think um, we grew up in a house where our, 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 dad, is, our dad is British and he was a huge um, soccer fan. And at some point, very early in our, like, I'm saying, like, I was eight, Whitney was probably five. 
um, our parents decided that like we were going to play sports and soccer was the sport they knew. And so like we got involved in sport in soccer. Um, one of us was ended up being much better in <laughs> playing soccer than the other. Um, and uh, which one was that? Uh, you know, which one you <laughs> Whitney was for sure the better player, but we both played starting at Whitney at five, me at the age of eight through high school and then intramurals in college. And Whitney up until just before she had her baby was still playing, um, as an adult. And I think, it, you know, our parents just became really passionate that, you know, they were baby boomers. And so I think in their mind, girls who, um, uh, you know, we're going to be like a part of the corporate world or something. We're also going to play sports. Like our mom actually said to us that we weren't allowed to be cheerleaders because we were going to play the sport, not cheer for the sport. And obviously cheerleading has evolved a lot since then. Um, but we just, from a very early age, were really encouraged to like to get involved in sports and played a variety of different sports. And then I think at some point, um, I, Whitney, I don't know how you kind of got, got got into this, but I remember I'd be like studying on a Sunday or I'd be making like flashcards or something so I could study. And um, we'd have our dad would have football on television. And so I'd kind of be sitting there with him and watching football and really got into it and liked it. And it was a way for us to connect and to chat and to, you know, have kind of a similar passion. We grew up living in Tampa and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers were a terrible football team, um, but they were still our team and luckily in the state of Florida you have a lot of college sports to root for um and so pretty quickly on I then I think when I was about 11 years old the Florida State Seminoles which is my rival now as a college sports fan but at the time I fell in love with their quarterback it was this guy named Charlie Ward and um the coach Bobby Bowden reminded me of my granddad and I just kind of fell into it and, and loved. And so I, we'd get the paper every day and the sports section is the first thing I'd go to just to kind of see what was happening with the Seminoles and with the Bucks. And I don't know, it kind of evolved from there. So my story, my story is really short and sweet. And there was recently a kind of a famous uh, or a tweet that went viral that everyone was talking about. This dude posted a tweet that was like, I hate when girls pretend to know what football is just to look cool. And Mine wasn't for a guy. It was for my older sister. She was like super into it. And I was like, oh, she's into it. But I, I want to look cool. And while I'm stealing her clothes, I'm also going to know about football and get interested in it. So that my origin story was very short and sweet. <laughs> <laughs> so I had a similar one where not, um, I grew up with three older brothers and. Oh, cool. Yeah. So three older brothers, you know, I'm the, I'm the youngest one. I'm the only girl everyone's like, oh, you must have been like the princess. I'm like, no, my brothers were like pushing me out the door. You know, I was, you know, they didn't treat me like I was the only girl in the family. And yeah, really, that's like, my, bit, that's like my dream, by the way. Sisters yeah. the <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but to fit in, really, it was like you had to speak the language of it. And so I grew up and I played soccer, I played basketball, I played lacrosse, I played, I played every sport I could really get my hands on. And I was really into soccer. Um, I actually even played for the Olympic development team. And wow. yeah, but at a certain point you realize there's so much other talent and you're just not <laughs> at that level. <laughs> and it's difficult as a female in sports, you look around and you see there's really not much opportunity to make a decent living. And uh, that's part of the reason why I left. I went and I in, went and got involved in student government because that was, you know, what made sense for your college. And, um, and it's a shame because I look around and I see all these other amazing women athletes. And uh, I just look at the young girls now and I see they have these great, awesome role models who they can look up to and they can see that there's a viable career. I was just at the She Believes Cup, which is the women's national team. They do yeah. a little tournament. And I sit with the American Outlaws, who are the supporters group for the uh, American national team. And just to see the ball girls, they're down right in front of us. And in the very beginning of the game, they just kept looking back because there's this huge section that takes up the entire behind the goal area. And just to see them recognize that there's this huge group of people who are cheering and singing and banging drums for them. You know, it was really cool for them, which was cool for me. And it's like, that's why we do this. That's why we keep pushing through because there's this whole future that is looking forward to it. So that's how I got into it. And then when I was in college, I had no idea what the heck I wanted to do. <laughs> and uh, like everybody else. 
and I had an anthropology class and I went to my professor and I said, I want to do this. I'm scared. I don't know what to do. What am I going to do for a career? And she was like, nobody does. Nobody knows what they want to do. It's fine. And um, she's like, you can do it. You can study anything. And I said, even sports, because I grew up playing them. And she said, yes, even sports. So I got into anthropology and I studied all of the sports that I could study in Spain. And um, after I graduated, I just started going around and I, I, I don't focus as much on what happens in the game, like, you know, who scored what goal, what are the analytics of it? That stuff is all super important and I, and I love it. But I love fan cultures. I love learning about the local culture that's there that surround each team. And that, that to me is what sports is about is that community that surrounds each, you know, soccer is one community, football is another, or like the Philadelphia community or the Boston community. And that's what I really love about sports is it's just these, I always say it's like this bad high school romance where they continuously break your heart, but you still love them no matter what. So <laughs> I, it's really great to see. And it's great to see just the growth in, in female sports or women's sports. And uh, it's important that we have voices out there like us. So, Jillian, I have a question. Knowing that you grew up playing multiple sports, yes. do you enjoy watching those like those ver- women play both of those sports equally, or do you like one more than the other? I'd, I'd love your perspective on that. Oh, absolutely. I love both of them. I think they each offer something different, um, and I'm a strong advocate. So a lot of people will say that you know women's sports just aren't as interesting, and I say that's because it's what we are taught culturally. There's a reason that women's sports is viewed that way. And, you know, you look at other countries where maybe soccer is the most important sport, or you look at other countries where cricket is super popular or Australian rules football is super popular. And that's because we are culturally taught what is interesting. So, you know, there, for me, I love watching them both women's sports. There's differences to it, partially because the rules are sometimes different, but they are just as interesting. It's a sport. It's, athletes competing at a super competitive level and I love them both you know like for example in women's hockey you know we saw the Olympics god it would have been great to see USA versus Canada be able to check each other because you know those girls would have gone all out but it's just as interesting and just as engaging to me um they're just a little different and again I think if that culture change is starting it's you see you know, you see the coverage is changing. And I think over time with that change, you will see people really become engaged because women want to look up to women athletes. We do. I mean, I love looking to Mia Hamm. So we really want that. And we see that when you put it out there and you put it in front of people's faces, people watch because it's engaging. Yeah, no, I think it's, a, oh, sorry, I think, I think it's a really good example. And I was reading a story earlier specifically about women's hockey and that, a women's hockey league was developed in like 2015, 2014. And yes. the, some of the key, like the lead players in that league came into it and were shocked to see that no one even knew this league existed. And, and to mm-hmm. be quite honest, I didn't know really this league existed until the Olympics. So you're, you're certainly right. Like there's definitely like the lack of coverage is a really key factor in this conversation of why there is such a slow pickup to women's sports. Yeah. And, Go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. No, I was just saying, I think, I think it's an interesting time in our culture though, because if you expand it beyond sports, I think that the, the, the powers that be are beginning to understand that there are audiences for like, again, I'm extrapolating this beyond sports. There are audiences for movies like wonder woman mm-hmm. or black Panther. So there are audiences for movies that are beyond the norm. And so I, if you take that a few steps forward, there are audiences for sports that are beyond the norm, whether that's exposing people to a new sport or exposing people to sports played by females. I think that there's, um, there's an appetite for that. And, um, it's, 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 it's been a slow burn. Um, but I think we're on the precipice of something really exciting and interesting here. And with, and with that comes a lot, especially in the age of social media, comes a lot of trolling, comes a lot of people who want to remind you that if the women's team played the men's team, they would lose. And it's, it's because the games are designed for men. If you played, I'll never forget, I was in eighth grade and I played lacrosse. And uh, if for people who don't know, men's lacrosse and women's lacrosse are very different in that men have a really deep pocket whereas women have a very, very narrow pocket. So the whole catching and throwing is entirely different. And at the end of each season, we would play 
the men and versus women, and you would have to play with each other's sticks, which sounds really dirty, but, um, <laughs> That's but you super have, cool. And, and yeah, that it is was cool. like a great, <laughs> it was a great learning experience <laughs> to how each game is different. So when they, when people want to remind you that, well, if the men played the women, the women would lose. It's like, yeah, because these games, the games and the rules are designed for men. If you put the men in the women's league and played the same rules or played in a game that was designed for women, you would see different things because they are different. Their abilities naturally, generally speaking, are different. You know, women have maybe they can they can accelerate more. Any, and there's lots of differences that you can look at biologically, but that doesn't mean that one is better than the other. And they are, they can be just as exciting if you let these athletes play at their peak levels. If you let them play at the most competitive level, it will be engaging. And it just takes time. And you have to be, you know, I look for me, I look at people like Katie Nolan or Julie Stewart Brinks who constantly fight these haters and they constantly fight these people just reminding them that you're a woman, you're supposed to be stupid, stick to stick to staying in the kitchen. That's tough. But when you see other women doing it and other women out there fighting the fight, it makes you want to do it. And then you go to these games and you see these young little girls and you're like, that's why I'm doing it. That's why I put up with all of this hate because that's what's worth it. I also have never understood the argument of why does a woman have to compete with a man? Like, what, like why does that have to be so black and white? I mean, can't we have a woman's soccer team and a men's soccer team? And they compete against others. I mean, I, I don't know, maybe, maybe I'm speaking... I don't know, maybe others disagree with me here, but you can enjoy the differences in the sports and you can enjoy mm-hmm. the athleticism that each gender brings to their sport. I don't really understand why we have to to kind of uh, disparage a woman's team because they wouldn't beat the men's team. Like that, I, I don't really, I've just never understood that argument. Well, and I think that you, there's a really, there's a really obvious example of the differences in, in, like a, not only the lacrosse one you mentioned, but there's a really interesting one when it comes to soccer. And you, you'll you see this when you watch the World Cup. When you watch a women's team play versus a men's team play, they're fundamentally different games in a lot of, a lot of ways. The biggest one, and this one drives me absolutely bananas, is that like, men's soccer right now, a big part of their game and part of their strategy is this very theatrical diving. And you Mm -hmm. will not see that in women's soccer. Like women could not get away with that stuff and they would get called to the carpet. And so like, I remember in the last women's world cup, you were seeing bloody noses and like head to head collisions. And the, the women played so hard. Whereas the men have these like, like, very dramatic falls to the ground and it works for them. But like women would not get away with that. And so it's like, yeah, we're not playing the same game as you. We have to play a lot harder to prove our worth. 100% men are, men are being total drama Queens. Can you imagine Mm -hmm. if the women actually did that? Like I, you're right, Winnie, they'd be totally called to the carpet. Have you guys seen the memes online where like the guy is like on the ground crying because he got hit with the ball. And then you have the women who are like, Oh, I covered can... in blood, <laughs> <laughs> so like a face full of blood. <laughs> like, I think that's the perfect depiction of what's being said. I, I totally agree. And one of the things that you mentioned earlier, I think is, is a really interesting point. And, and some of this uh, research that I did was based on a 2015 study. So I do think there's been dramatic changes, but like the evolution of women's sports in the last four decades has really dramatically changed, but I don't think the media, the media coverage and the media perception of it hasn't. And still primarily sports reporters are all men and coverage is all men. So it's, while there's great strides being made on the media side of it, that's not changing. Well, Jillian, I'd be curious to know, so, so to Whitney's point, that's actually why we started our podcast was we were having conversations between the two of us amongst our girlfriends. Like we talked about sports often, <laughs> like we, we have been huge <laughs> sports fans for a really long time. And, um, and, and so we decided that a podcast would be a really good format and it's an accessible format for us to talk about sports from a female perspective. And we don't get necessarily into the X's and O's all the time because mm-hmm. that's not what draws us to the sport necessarily. And so 
you know, I'd be curious then, you know, and so we felt like, sorry, we felt like there was like a voice missing and it's not completely missing, but there, there are definite gaps in the, the way the media covers, um, sports as Whitney mentioned. So just kind of segueing here a little bit, I'd be curious kind of what drove you to start your podcast. My big thing was the impact that sports has on culture. Uh, it gets overlooked often and maybe not so much in the wake of, you know, the NFL protests, the NBA protests and the impact that these players can have. But sports are just have such a profound impact in in culture in general and how they shape it and how they tie to that. And and on top of that, how local culture impacts the sport and how that changes. And we're seeing it right now. And that's part of the problem that we're seeing is with the NFL and the NBA is, is that push and pull. And that's what drove me to it. it was, it's what always fascinated me is just this, this impact that people haven't really touched on. And you're seeing it more and more because it's very fascinating. And I just, I thought nobody was really looking at this. Nobody was looking at why does everyone think Philadelphia sucks? Why does ev- even, even though the numbers show you, they don't. And, um, why, why does it matter? Why do people show up at tailgates every week when it's, you know, in the snow or in the rain? And that's what pulled me into it. And it, it, it wasn't, it wasn't until I got into it that I realized that it was different. And it wasn't that I got into it that I realized the problem that exists, which is there's this lack of female coverage. And the moment that you're a female in, in sports and you post things about that, People just want if you know if you're a girl, they just want you to be like, okay, be attractive and shut up. And it's like that's not how this works. I am allowed to have opinions just like everybody else. So when I got into it and I started doing it, I realized that there was this void of strong voices and not just female voices, but strong voices who stand up for the the quote unquote outsiders, the people that aren't just already being covered. So that's what that's what keeps me in it. And I just, I just think that sport has this great impact on culture. And it, when you think about women in sports or minorities, it's, it just has a super, super powerful thing that allows women to be ultra competitive and not fit into that mold. Uh, if she's super competitive, she's a bitch. No, like Alex, Mor- nobody will ever call Alex Morgan a bitch. The you know U.S. soccer, mm-hmm. you know she, she's ultra competitive and she's allowed to be. And that's what's great about sports is it allows you to break through. Um, and at the same time, it, t- it tries to reinforce these values, but it allows you to break them, too. And I- I'm focusing on the breaking part where it allows you to get through. So can I ask kind of a controversial question? Oh, yes. I love controversial questions. But, I, <laughs> I, I agree that I wouldn't call Al- Alex Morgan a bitch, but I would call Hope Solo a bitch. Yeah, well, she's different because she took advantage. <laughs> she took advantage of the maybe because she is know. a bitch, not because she's a competitive, like yeah. aggressive person. Like she's just kind of a, a nasty. Like the same way I have no co- problem calling um, many an NFL player an yeah. asshole because they are yeah. not because they're an NFL player, not because they're a dude. They're just a jerk. Yeah, well, Hope Soul, I feel like is a jerk. I, f- I feel like she was partially a cancer in the locker room. Uh, she was all about herself. She drove the team truck, uh, car drunk. And I just think that she knew she was great and she did whatever she could to get what she wanted. Um, but like people talk about Carly Lloyd, Carly Lloyd's pretty cocky. And I love that. Right. And it doesn't get, and it doesn't get talked about a lot because unfortunately they don't get the same amount of coverage as other sports, but she's pretty confident. And like, in any other realms, a woman talking like that, they'd be like, whoa, who is this girl talking? Like, she's way right. full of herself. And, like, I've definitely heard some people in the soccer community say that. And I was like, you would never really say that about LeBron. LeBron no, talking ever. about how great he is is just LeBron being LeBron. That's just Carly being Carly. And when you are the greatest like Carly Lloyd and you can chip the goaltender from half the from the halfway, you're good. You can talk about how great you are. So, well, um <laughs> I, I, agree with, and I totally agree with you. And I'd be curious yeah. to get your thoughts because it does feel like soccer is a sport that has really begun to break out past the the norm when it comes to women's sports. And so using someone like Hope Solo as an example, and Lindsay and I have these conversations a lot on our podcast about what what responsibility do we think players have? What, what's their social responsibility in, re, in representing um, their community or their team and what 
responsibility do you feel like Hope Solo has a part of the soccer community that has broken out? Do you think she has a responsibility as a women's a woman woman's player to be like, don't ruin it for the rest of us? Like, you know, I'd be curious to get your thoughts. I feel like Hope. The problem with Hope Solo is that so there's double standards, right? Oh, 100%. And I'm aware of that. I'm aware of, like, me even posing that question is part of the problem. Yeah, no, but that's good. It's a good talking point because somebody like Hope Solo when I, because my boyfriend and I had this conversation because he was upset that Hope Solo wasn't getting the same type of um, repercussions from her abusive behavior as, say, a man was. And I'm like, that's totally fine. 100%, yeah. That's, you are, you are correct that they should be on equal playing field, but so should their pay. So should their coverage. So when when everything is on equal. That's a good answer. That is an awesome answer. When everything (laughs) is on equal, equal playing fields, when she gets the same amount of TV time and she, not, not for being an abuser, for being the best in the world, when she gets that same coverage, then we can have this conversation. But this conversation is irrelevant. All it is is trying to, to, to chip away from women's sports. No, no, no. When, when we see her on the news the same way that we see LeBron or the same way, let's say that soccer doesn't get the same coverage as the NBA. Let's say it gets the same coverage as ice hockey or hockey, the NHL. When they get the same coverage as Sidney Crosby, then we'll talk. But until then, we got to get there because you can't, you can't start chipping away at who she is as a person until we recognize that she's a great athlete. And that's... I think that's a brilliant answer. And I think that her, any coverage of her off the field antics far surpassed anything she did mm-hmm. on the field. And that's mm-hmm. the problem the same way. I mean, there's, and I think there's so many examples of that when it comes to women's sports, it's like, it's more interesting for media to talk about mm-hmm. that. Brandy Chastain took her shirt off than what she actually mm-hmm. did on the field before that moment happened. Abby Wambach is a great example of this. She is in the world of soccer. She is the best. 100%. No, no other man can meet her stats. And again, I love, for all of you people who want to know how to handle trolls, when they were like to remind you that, well, women's sports doesn't see, see the same competition as men. There, there's not as much competitive playing field. And I said, then get off me, stop trolling me, and go bug FIFA. Tell FIFA that you want equal <laughs> competitive field. And then they leave me alone because that's true. Don't, don't tell me. I'm fighting for it. If you really care that much to remind me that Abby Wambach doesn't have as much competition as Cristiano Ronaldo, then go tell FIFA that you want that same, same uh, playing field. Um, But Abby Wambach, she, when you look at her stats, there's no male or female, which sucks that we have to say that, but there's no male or female that meets what she has done. But all everyone wanted to talk about is how, she made xenophobic comments about how, you know, U.S. soccer players, we focus on people from other countries or immigrants in this country. When Tim Howard said the exact same thing and never got the shit that she, oh, sorry. Sorry forever. I have to bleep that out. <laughs> <laughs> never, got, never got the same crap. crap that A Tim little Howard later. <laughs> but that's the biggest problem is that we want to focus on every, we want to focus on these, these strong female voices, but we want to forget that these are some of the best athletes in the world. Hillary Knight with the U.S. Women's uh, National Hockey Team, she is a great example. She's she the U.S. Women's Hockey Team in general. They fought for equal pay and they did it so incredibly. Where they just they really came together as a team. They put their entire reputation on the line. Then they went and they won the I, IIHF tournament and they brought home a gold medal in the Olympics, which is really the the be all and end all of it. And they fought for equal pay. And you look at Hillary Knight, who just is this outspoken voice in the, in the hockey community. And she's a great example of how they can lead. And I would love to see people focus on that, focus on that she's a great athlete. She's the best in, her, in the world. And she's allowed to have an opinion, just like LeBron. Well, but LeBron's been facing some crap because he has, con- you know, but you know what I mean, you know, right. <laughs> the same concept. But it's, but it's to your, to your point though, I think that, I think that your message is so powerful and so accurate that these female athletes are held on a very different standard yet. They're not treated as equals at all in this conversation. It is, it, you're, you're 100% right. And I, I, I find your passion about this conversation. <laughs> Sorry. Like, I'm into- very no, it's, it's intoxicating. <laughs> and it is like, I am, I am picking up what you were putting down. <laughs> I try, I try because it's so, you know, I gave up my career in sports, my hypothetical career, we'll call it, because let's be honest, I'm pretty injury prone and I'm not as good as like hope solo, but I gave up because I looked around and I saw 
I can either try to make, make it as, you know, a businesswoman or as something else, or I can try to make it in sports where there's such little opportunity for me. And that just shouldn't be how it is. That should not be the, 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 the scholarships weren't there in college. The, the playing field just wasn't the same in college. There's no such thing as like college soccer the same way as there's college football. That should right. not be how it is. That should not. And I think people, people get stressed out about this, especially a lot of men. They get stressed out because we're encroaching in what a field that seems sacred to them. And that's, that's fair. I understand where they're coming from. This has been their realm forever. You but, know, I completely understand because I'm in the tech field as my day job. And oh, I've had guys come to my face telling me they want to talk to the real engineer and stuff like <gasps> that. Are you oh serious? God. Oh, yeah. It's been to my face at like trade shows where I'm talking about my research or something. And... <laughs> I just argue how, with how hard is that to like put a straight face on and, and not curse them out to their face. Like, I don't understand how you keep it together. I have so much respect for that. Well, actually I've learned to look at it slightly differently as I've gone through my six years of being out of college. Um, if it's someone younger, I kind of tell them off. If it's someone who's closer to retirement I just blow them off. Uh, <laughs> it's not worth it's not worth your energy. Yeah. So I do have to say, after this discussion so far, I really don't think we're going to get Hope Solo on this conver- or on this podcast anytime. No. no. Here's the thing with Hope Solo. I think she would agree with a lot of these things. I don't think she would argue back. You know about about the fact of how how she is portrayed in the media and the fact that she's held to a different standard than a male athlete in her position. And that's true. She is held to a different standard. The fact that she had domestic abuse charges was blown up. They were like, well, this player in the NFL just got, just got banned for life. I'm like, yeah, this, that player in the NFL could also make several million as a contract in the NFL. That was never available to hope solo in the NWSL. So let's, let's talk about that. Since you want to talk about equality, we're going to talk about it in all fields and they don't like when you want to do that. So I also think, I also think it speaks to what the media thinks the general public's going to like, and maybe it is what they do like, like for men, they want to focus on the sports. They want to focus on what's exciting about it. And they want to ignore all of the negative stuff mm-hmm. because that takes away from the, from the action on the field. Whereas for women, I feel like the media is like, well, th- no one gives a shit. Oh, sorry. No one cares. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the media feels no one cares what's happening on the field, but they will get really excited about the drama. It's like, let's make women's sports, real housewives of athletes versus Actually, mm-hmm. these women are doing really amazing things on the field and people do care. I think people do yep. care and people want to see this. And, you know, I love Jillian that you, you know, are around um, the, the women's sports and seeing these young girls like out on the field and they need more role models. They need more, you know, all quote unquote minorities in the world of sports mm-hmm. need role models like that. And I think we witnessed a lot of that with the Olympics this past year, whether you're, um, a female or, um, you know, Hispanic or Asian or gay or whatever that is, all of these kind of underrepresented, um, people in sports need role models. And that's the only way we'll begin to kind of get the ball moving, moving in the right direction. And then at some point in the long distance future, the media will get on board and realize that, you know, the crap they've been putting out there, the drama they've been, uh, showcasing about females in sports isn't what's driving it. And it takes strong female athletes, like someone like Serena Williams, like, you know, Venus, like, you know, strong female athletes with, who are like undeniably amazing to, um, get the story away from the drama and get it back onto their athleticism. But I also think at the end of the day, which is, it's, there's a little bit of irony here because I think they focus on kind of these dramatic elements. However, at the end of the day, I I do feel like there is there's more pure sport in women's athletics right now. They're not they're they don't have the luxury of relying on fantasy football or fantasy basketball to get fans engaged. It's really just the purity of what the game is. So there's there's kind of this interesting factor of 
these other teams have all these other kind of bells and whistles that are keeping fans engaged. And women's sports, they're just playing the game and they're playing it in their purest form, in my opinion. Right. Like I mean, can you imagine? Yeah. Well, yeah. Or can you imagine if like the whole drama with the NFL players uh, taking a knee before the national anthem had taken place in any realm of female sports? Like, well, it did. It did with Meg. Yeah, Megan Rapino. It did over the but, summer, and it was it was. But your point, like, I felt like she. I think she got such a backlash, and so it granted heat. it happened across, but yeah. And again, it's my my thing too is that Carly Lloyd is not a household name for most people, but most people know who Alex Morgan is, and it comes down to the fact I'll never forget during the World Cup. I forget which news outlet it was, but they pretty much said that. Alex Morgan, not only is she great at soccer, but she's also super hot. And it's like nobody ever – I mean, Carly – I think Carly Lloyd is super hot as well. But for some reason, she doesn't get that same talk about as like she does with Alex Morgan. And who the hell cares? Like who can cares you, what – Can you in your wildest imagination imagine watching like any sports outlet and then talking about that a, a dude was really hot? Like it would no. never happen. Never, be like, never, never. Like never. It, it just, it just wouldn't happen. Like Julian Edelman, wow, he is super hot. Like no, it <laughs> exactly just would not happen. It, I mean, it, to be fair, the girls on the sideline might talk a little bit like oh, that. Oh, for sure. That's like, <laughs> we might have a but, full segment on hot guys in the NFL at the moment, but but it's, <laughs> it's always it always it's comes like as an afterthought. I would, I, I have a, I have no problem admitting that I have a huge crush on Megan Rapinoe. So I will, it goes both ways. I can do, we'll do a segment about the hot girls too, or equal opportunists. uh, (laughs) Um, We are distinguishing attractiveness, but granted, it does not have anything to do with them on the field. Like the conversation. It wouldn't be a headline is what you're saying, which is what it was during the women's world cup, which was not relevant. It was the fact that, these women are playing an amazing, amazing soccer. Some of the most engaging and interesting soccer I have seen ever. That's what matters. And that's that's the focus of it. And if you want to talk amongst your friends that you also think that, you know, Alex Morgan's attractive or you think that Claude Giroux should get his teeth fixed, that's all That's all fair <laughs> and well. But that has nothing to do with the fact that they are these top competitors at the top of their league. And that's the important part of the game. Right. And, and the men's the men's headline stands on its own, where the women's always seems to have an asterisk. Like, how long? Like, how long do you think that we're gonna see how um, how many months it's been since Serena Williams had her baby uh, in the next you know the next few months of her playing? Like, it will be in every headline. And I'd, she had a baby six months ago, and she had a baby I'd, seven months ago. I'd rather have an asterisk as to how long, how many months it's been since the U.S. World uh, Men's Team has been in the World Cup. Oh, oh snap. Oh. I almost said a curse word there, but <laughs> I'm still upset about this. But, gosh, could you imagine if the women don't make the World Cup? They would they would hear so much more because versus the men. People are like, oh, they want equal pay. Oh, they want this. And they didn't even make the World Cup. And it's like, forget the fact that the men had, the men make more money to lose than the women do to win the World Cup. You know, so it's right. It's but also side note that that story I, that story will send me down a rage path that I don't yeah. even think I like fully. Yeah, I was I, I was just about to, I, I was just about to say we might need to. Uh, <laughs> this has such, been great. Such a, it's such a trigger. <laughs> I feel so bad too because I keep talking. I feel like we just keep ignoring Kate. Kate, we know you're there. I'm sorry. We just get super I angry about you. stupid things. <laughs> so I did want to ask one more question before we yeah. move to trivia. <laughs> Because you're all very um, well-spoken in sports. If you could give one piece of advice each to someone who wants to start, like, a podcast or a blog about um, sports in general or women's sports, what would your one piece of advice be? I got it right now. I can tell you right now. DJ, uh, can, can can we get ready to, to bleep me in a second? Uh, um, get on the soapbox. Get yeah. on the soapbox. Uh, <laughs> you know what? The, yeah, yeah, I'm like, that's a little bit off. <laughs> but the more you have, the angrier you should get and the more impassioned you get. The more haters you have, the more you're doing something right. Never stop. 
And the more haters you have, the more girls that are around that feel comfortable talking to you and feel empowered to also speak their truth. So the more haters you have, the more you're doing right. And oh never, be, don't ever yeah, be afraid so, of them. Like, don't listen. If you ever want to talk crap, I'll be right there and I'll like the crap out of your comment. And I'm like, haha, you're hilarious. So keep doing it. <laughs> so Jillian, <laughs> I think Whitney and I are doing something wrong. We've actually been told. <laughs> well, we, Whitney and I have been told that we, we agree too often. And, um, <laughs> and, and then listening to you, I feel that we need a few more haters. So Whitney, we really needed to start, um, I, I don't know. We need to, we need to uh, like up our game. I think Jillian's really inspired me today. <laughs> yeah. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. You know what? I, no matter what you're doing, people are going to be mad. You could say the sky is blue and like, screw you. It's purple. And I'm like, you know what? Fine. Yeah, it's purple. <laughs> well, and, and, and to that point, I actually feel like Lindsay and I have really struggled over the last year and a half. We started this podcast right at the beginning of the, um, the, the conversation around the national anthem and mm-hmm. uh, kneeling. And it was right at the time that there was this like very empowered speech at the ESPYs. And we've, in the time that we've had this podcast, it's been a really charged time with um, this blur between sports and politics. And there's been a lot of like conversation between them. And, and I think that we've really shied away from, from that conversation uh, many times, even though we're both really passionate about parts of it. And I think that some of our most engaging conversations and the pods that I've been really the most proud of are when we've leaned into, this is actually what we feel like we've chosen a platform to talk about sports, sports and politics is an actual conversation right now. And I think probably to your point, it's fear of haters that have kept us from really leaning into that conversation. So building on what you said of forgetting your haters, I would say if someone was looking to support a, to start a podcast, be really confident in your beliefs and in, in your feelings and be comfortable taking that on a public stage and saying, this is how I believe, this is how I feel. And I'm really supporting that. I agree. No, I mean, I do. I do. <laughs> Plus one. <laughs> no, okay. I do agree. I, I would, the only thing I just add to that is I, I think, um, also don't, be fearful of just being a part of the conversation versus feeling the need to be the next hot take or the, you know, uh, the, the next, um, you know, first take of ESPN. Like mm-hmm. y- you can, you can be passionate and conversations in sports might overlap one another, but that doesn't devalue whatever your opinion and your thoughts are versus having to just say something outlandish just to, you know, um, get your name out there. Okay, this has all been really good advice. Um, I'm going to move us on to trivia because DJ keeps texting me telling me we need to move on because we're going for the record of longest podcast. Oh, whatever, DJ. Whatever. <laughs> well, so, we can do we can do lightning round podcast. Oh, right, yeah. lightning round trivia. So what we're gonna do today is I did pick um, women in sports. So, and I kind of went all over the place. Sorry. Oh, um, it's time once again for everyone's favorite segment, Kate Stadium Scene Podcast Trivia. Kate, you've got your evil trivia for the day. Uh-oh. Will DJ and Jillian be able to answer her questions? Yeah. Yeah! Or will it just end up in embarrassment and humiliation? <laughs> The internet. She, she has the evil laugh down. She, she did an evil laugh on us. Today, your buzzer word's going to be. Spoiler alert, Jillian's going to win. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I'm yeah, horrible yeah. at trivia, for the record. They can, Kate and DJs can attest, I'm horrible at trivia. <laughs> I don't know if it's you're horrible at trivia or if I'm really bad at making questions. <laughs> I appreciate you taking that. <laughs> Because I do make them to stump DJ. So <laughs> in case you're not aware, um, I start out with what seems like a normal question, and then I take a left turn. So yes. don't buzz in too soon. Wait, so, wait. so what's the buzzer? Does Is there a buzzer, a buzzer word? Word? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say your name. Because there's you three of us, name. or three of you playing. Okay, okay. Say okay. Your name. Right. So first question. This female 
announced her retirement effective November 17th, 2017. She was the first woman in the Sprint Cup to have a full-time ride to clinch. Jillian. Oh, you guys got it. That wasn't the question. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you suck at this. I hate it. <laughs> You're evil. <laughs> I know. Um, I'll finish the question so All right. I must have a chance. Um, to clinch a full-time ride, or wow, to have a full-time ride, to clinch a pole position and lead a green flag lap. What race did Danica Patrick start and end her career at? Start and end? Yeah. Ooh. I'm going to go with Jillian Daytona 500, which is like Correct. early in the season. Oh, it's early in the season, too. So that's, yes. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, there's left turns. Yeah. So, question number two. Becca Longo made news this summer, or summer of 2017, for being the best being the first female to earn a football scholarship to a D- Division One or Division Two school, what position does she play? Position? Whitney yeah. kicker? Yeah. 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 Oh yes. Oh yes. <laughs> she is predicted to be the first female in the NFL if she keeps up. So good for her. I love it. So, so Jillian, you have one. Whitney has won. So here's question Lindsay number one. Lindsay, I think you get a half point for the quick po- the quick poll on Danica Patrick. Despite yeah. that not being the question, your Jeopardy, <laughs> your Jeopardy opportunity is not great. Hey, DJ! <laughs> DJ is turning on you. <laughs> okay, question <laughs> If DJ would stop buzzing us out. DJ's um, drunk. Nope, he won't. Nope. <laughs> okay, so number 261 is retired from the Boston Marathon after Catherine Switzer finished the 2017 race. Only one other number was retired in the history of the marathon. Why was Catherine's number 261 retired? Jillian? Yeah. She was she was the first woman to run. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. Oh, I like that your buzzing and your answer are both, they both sound like questions. <laughs> that was a question. Jillian? I was like, <laughs> it was a, I, listen, I knew she was the first woman. I had no idea that was the reason, but we would thought we would try. <laughs> For the record, she ran both races with 261. So she's, she's baller. Yep. So, question number four. 1977 was a memorable year for one woman in sports. Lucy Harris was the first lady drafted to a team without the pick being voided by the NBA. She joined the New Orleans Jazz. 20 years later, the NBA made news again. Why? Uh, Whitney. Whitney. Uh, Female ref. No. Damn it. Uh, Jillian. Okay, Jillian. Female and like not an announcer, but like play by play or somebody that talks. Oh. Like, is that right? oh, Whitney, female, <laughs> a female assistant coach. Nope. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> I think we've we all guessed it. Yeah, point. we don't know. We're, yeah. we're maxed out. So 1996 to 1997 season was the first for the WNBA. Oh. Yeah, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, that, that required too much thinking. In fairness, I was thinking about the NBA. <laughs> I do think that there was a female. Like, I, wasn't the NBA the first sport that had a female official? You know, the NBA was and a female. Anyways, yeah, the NBA is pretty groundbreaking, generally speaking. One hundred percent. And I'm yeah. just trying to justify not knowing the answer, so <laughs> because they break all of the barriers for us. Thanks, NBA. Thanks, basketball. So, we have one more question. Whitney, you can tie. Jillian, you Uh, can take this for the final win. So, so I did find one great example of where girls rock. Jackie Mitchell, 17 at the time, struck out Babe Ruth and other famous players while playing for the Chattanooga Lookouts. 
What decade did that occur in? Oh, crap. Jillian? The 30s. 30s. Yes. I'm going with the 30s. Yeah. Damn it. Okay. <laughs> hey. Woohoo. Wait. It was the, th- the 30s was correct, right? Yes. What's the final score? I gotta know. Did I win? Did I win? I think, I think you, you won, won Jillian. Yeah. Yeah. I never win this. I never win it. So I'm gonna have my moment right now. Well, yeah, you you were a lock against Whitney and me. So, well. <laughs> dude, I knew the 1930s. I just I started coughing and didn't buzz it again. I'm justifying not winning. <laughs> <laughs> It's okay. We all lose sometimes. CJ, I don't need your judgmental sound effects. (laughs) (laughs) I know they are very judgmental. (laughs) I appreciate that they've increased as the podcast has gone. You can tell that they're equal to the amount of Crown Royal he's been drinking. Yeah. (laughs) I'm just going to say, I think that there may have been some alcohol involved. Maybe. Just maybe. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. This has been super fun. So, Whitney, do you guys have um, anything you want to add? Hype up your podcast? Yeah, no, we just, I just say, um, this has been really fun. Jillian, we'd love to have you on the pod and uh, get your perspective on some things. And um, Whitney and I record Girls on the Sideline every week. It's kind of about whatever's happening that week in sports and so we'd love if you could tune in and like i said we'd love to have you guys on the pod and um jillian this has been really fun thank you guys so much for organizing this yeah to to reiterate reiterate on that like we kind of feel like it's it's girls talking about sports the way girls talk so while we don't dive nearly as deep into some of these conversations that, that we've had with you tonight we've We'd love to have those conversations. So we'd love to have you on the podcast. Yeah, just let me know when. <laughs> okay. And done we're and done. already talking about maybe doing a part two at some point, too. That's how much DJ oh. loved us. He loved it. You know he did. <laughs> hey, he's yeah, <laughs> producing and telling me this stuff. So it's kind of awkward when I'm trying to read what I wrote and he's texting me. Yeah. So, um, you can check out Stadium Scene at StadiumScene.com, StadiumScene.tv, Facebook, Twitter, and Pinterest at Stadium Scene, and Instagram, Stadium underscore Scene. Until next time. listening to today's stadium scene podcast visit us at stadiumscene.com and stadiumscene.tv be sure to subscribe to our podcast on itunes or google play store